0: Hello everyone, everyone tuning in. Welcome. This is a conversation between Jeannie Zandi and Cindy Silva. I'm Cindy and Jeannie is with us. Hi Jeannie. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for saying yes to this invitation to have this conversation on the hero or heroine's journey. It's a three part series that will be just opening the doorway for what wants to be known about this and uh, its relevance to where we are collectively, and our intention is that it's supportive for, for everybody tuning in. I want to share a little bit about Jeannie with everyone to give you um, access to her through her website and a little introduction to help you understand um, where she comes from. Jeannie is the director of Living as Love, a non-profit organization dedicated to seeding the culture of the heart on the planet. She's inspiring, teaching, and supporting people to live from their essence as love. A year before the birth of her daughter, Jeannie was plunged into a dark night of the soul that culminated in a radical shift of consciousness. Jeannie's known for her fearless clarity, tender mercy towards humanness, in a juicy, poetic, and often humorous style that draws from Advaita Vedanta, Sufism, Christian mysticism, and the ongoing revelation of fully engaged living. Jeannie resides in Colorado. She travels widely in the U.S. and Canada, bringing a down-to-earth, embodied teaching of living as love. Yay! And this statement right here in your bio a year before the birth of her daughter Jeannie was plunged into a dark night of the soul that culminated in a radical shift of consciousness so this is one of the reasons i've invited Jeannie to um, share her experience is that um, it speaks directly to the, the hero or heroine's journey and so again I want to thank Jeannie and also say that I am partaking right now in a three-part series that Jeannie is offering um, on embodying yin and really understanding how we are living in a, a really yin-starved culture. And to learn more about Jeannie and her programs, you can visit her website at JeannieZandi.com. That's J-E-A-N-N-I-E Z. A N D I dot com. So again, welcome Jeannie. Let's hear from you. Just to anything that you want to say based on uh this introduction and our intention for this series.
1: Not much. Just goody goody. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, again, you know, just you're such a, a model of what this um this journey is about, having been called into this experience or plunged into an experience um, and your story, and you'll have a chance to share it with us, about um, really not even understanding the process as you were in it, but just living one day at a time through this uh, dark night of the soul And basically, as you came to the realization of this shift in consciousness, um, you started to help others understand their own journeys. And um, so many people are being called into this dark night of the soul because my sense is, um, in my own experience, just living and surviving in a culture that we are living in, we are conditioned to yang up and yin down, really putting on our, our yang in a, um imbalanced way and suppressing our yin. And when it comes time to living a balanced life, we have to yang down and yin up and that for me has involved going into a dark night and um, really becoming comfortable with the dark. And I think a lot of people don't understand yin because we're so deprived of it and separated from it that I'd like to open a conversation with, um, you know, this being removed from the known um, to be entered into this this dark time is to reclaim the yin. And I I wonder if I'm um, accurately describing that for you or if there's another way you'd like to describe your experience of that.
1: Yeah, well, the the first thing I want to say is just that um, really to underscore the role of the organic force of life in my own journey, so um, it wasn't like I was a big adventurer, and I went on this great adventure and <laughs> you know and and then I came out and then I like put together something it was really none of that and i I say that because um, I was also part of an interview series called Women as Game changers and it's it's a whole other paradigm to speak about transformation from um, the unknown, from the organic, from the holy leading it versus from me, the heroine leading it, you know. And that's actually, um, in a way, the paradigmless paradigm because, and I say paradigmless paradigm, not to be clever, but actually to reflect that um, in the unknown, all paradigms die. Um, And in the unknown, all sense of me, glorious me, the heroine of my story, dies. And, um, And so yin... You know, we would have to tell the listeners a little bit about what we're speaking of because, you know, you've been attending my class, so we have a common vocabulary, right? But um, basically, the you, you, one could almost think of it as the energy of going up and the energy of coming down. Um, yang, the energy of moving forward, moving out. Um, yin, the energy of um, yielding back, uh, softening down. And those are two, the two ways that energy moves in the organic, two ways that when, when, um, uh, two ways that energy manifests, um, movement happens on Earth is uh, those two, and they're in a constant dance. It's not like you can necessarily separate them any more than you can separate any opposites. There are two kind of um, fields (laughs) of the movement of life. And when um, a civilization, a life, an egoic structure, a plant, a womb, when any kind of structure um, is nearing the end of its life cycle, it becomes obsolete, like a, a, a uterus holding a baby is only useful to the baby until the baby comes out. And then, you know, all of that kind of collapses back into its normal functioning. Or when a when a caterpillar is done with a cocoon, the cocoon shreds. And it's that shredding, that decomposing, that returning back to zero that is the natural um it's the part of the organic life cycle uh, that um, yin is the descriptor for. Um, in other words, things aren't building up, things aren't strengthening, things are fading, things are softening, things are moving toward the zero point. And that, when you talk about the heroine's journey, that dissolution, that dissatisfaction is generally the the sign of it is when something's obsolete, especially when one of our you know, we all walk around most of us walk around with some kind of working structure, theory about ourselves and life and how things work and that kind of thing. And those as we grow and we mature, they um at different stages they break down. It's like we took we sailed that boat as far as we could and now the boat gets taken apart and then something new is born and you can see that also in the development of a child, how they, they'll master a skill and then they'll be coming toward a new developmental breakthrough and they'll start getting cranky and regressive and, um, and then the, the next new life is born out of the rotting of the old and the rotting of the old, the, the sort of way that things get crispy at the end of the life cycle of their life cycle, um, is, absolutely natural in in the um in the plant world in the animal world in the in the world of nature and it's also absolutely natural in the human being and in civilizations but we are um we have been taught for some reason we've been conditioned for whatever reason we we don't have to go back to the origins of it but we've been taught that the growth, the, the seeding, the sprouting, the growing, the strengthening, the flowering, the fruiting, um, the mature plant is good. And the fading, the falling, the rotting, the decomposing, the resting in the dark is not good when it comes to a human being expressing those cycles. We, we uh, barely allow each other um, a lot of the a lot of those cycles in us psychologically, uh, they unnerve us. Um, and yet this sort of getting crispy, <laughs> dissatisfied, something here isn't quite it. Um, I'm so over this. That kind of feeling is really the beginning of, and, and most of us will try to apply yang to make it better. We'll try to create something new. We'll try to get going in some way. Um, when what the system is really calling for is the wisdom of what we call the dark, the wisdom of slowing down, the wisdom of resting, the wisdom of just being, the wisdom of listening, the wisdom of receptivity, of allowing things to die, of not knowing who we are, or where we're going, and that kind of thing. And that, when you talk about the heroine's journey, to me, that's the the entry point. And these cycles, that's the entry point for a human being who's, um, going to make a big departure from the from the known and we all every day and um, in our lives the, these cycles are basically the cycles of the organic, they're cycles of life so it's not anything special to human beings it's not um, anything uh, that we aren't aware of or, or um, acquainted with in our own gardens <laughs> um, but somehow when it comes to our psyches we are unconsciously um, conditioned to be at war with these aspects of ourselves. Another um, aspect of, of the sort of getting crispy and starting to move into the unknown is, the, um, is a deep insecurity. Like you don't know who you are anymore. You're cashing in your identity and you don't know where you're going. But human beings go through these cycles all the time and and we go through them. You know, everybody knows that if you don't, compost, if you don't return the nutrients, the plant matter to the soil, but you keep trying to grow things, what you grow is a little weak. It's a little small. It's a little spindly. The fruits don't have a vibrant color because you've depleted the soil. And in the human being, um, we are we are depleting our soil as a species, um, especially Western culture. Uh, we just Produce and produce and produce, and we're getting exhausted and sick, and our earth is getting sick because we actually don't understand um, the organic cycle as it applies to human beings. And so, um, it's going somewhere with that. Um, just that, I just want to say that the the organic cycle that relieves someone completely of their sense of separation. Um, is called the dark night of the soul. And and yet there can be dark night of the soul-ish things, um, basically just these cycles from small to, you know, from sort of like breaking your fingernail, trimming it, and it grows back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a tiny version of the cycle all the way up to the complete destruction of, for example, a whole civilization uh, or a whole planet um or uh you know one's one sense of self and um and i think that understanding and starting to embody as human beings the wisdom of yin um allows it it's applicable universally to to human living and human issues um and and it has to be my experiences it has to be actually translated into we can sort of get behind the concept but then how how does that translate into human behavior and human feeling what are examples of what that looks like in a human life that that's where i think it really it really helps to bring the, the rubber to the road um, in our lives to really utilize this wisdom, and I think that's true with a lot of wisdom. We can, we can have an understanding and like it in our hearts, but when it comes to really bringing it down to the nitty-gritty of our lives, uh, that's that's really where it can be utilized. Is in in digesting it, understanding it, embodying it. So I'll pause for a second. And see where you want to go.
0: Hmm. I'm going to pause for a sec, too. That was so rich. Mm -hmm. I think I will have to even go back and listen to the recording of this because that was so, yeah, profound and spot on. I mean, it... Yeah, I mean, there's a rendering of um, stillness right now. I remember hearing... Jill Bolte-Taylor talk about how life energy moves she says it it pushes and it pauses and I like that as well as what you shared about the rising you're the going up of yang and the going down of yin and we have to allow both directions and the conditioning is, like you say, to constantly produce and produce and produce and to go up, 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 achieve, 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 and to not pause or allow this natural cycle of death that complements life to renew itself. To occur and, and therefore, we're never really bringing anything new forward. We're just recycling um old as you as we um kind of drew on the word paradigm and not allowing us to go to a paradigm less state of nothingness to where something new can be discovered and and um just stated
1: yeah. it's very. It's very, um, for most beings, because we haven't been initiated into yin, because we don't watch, uh, basically we grow up and watch the people around us terrified of it and it not reflected in the culture. I was, um, really had a good chuckle the other day when I was uh, Googling the plant life cycle because I wanted um, to have a visual of the cycle and... (laughs) the majority of the images of the plant life cycle left off the enti- entirely half of the life cycle they the they would show the seed in the ground sprouting growing you know and the plant maturing and then that would be the end there was one that had a tiny little nodule on the whole circle that was just showed a, a plant sort of um, like some kind of brown leaves but Almost all of the going that I found completely neglected the, sl- the, the, the slow and beautiful fading of the color, crisping and drying of the leaves, falling to the ground, rotting into the ground, being absorbed into the earth. I mean, it was – and so, you know, how can we – How can we embody and know something that our entire culture is a defense against? And um, so (laughs) when that cycle comes to call, and usually when it comes to call, it comes to call in an overdue way. I I like to say that we're building a yin debt um, because we are ignoring yin and overproducing, overmanning up, overrising up. Neglecting rest, neglecting being, um, neglecting our our health then as a result, um, both psychological and physical. And so yin often calls um, in a in an imbalanced way because we're pushing it away and pushing it away and pushing it away, pushing away the unknown, pushing away the murmurings that we need to go into the dark, we need to rest, we need to not know, we need to step away from what we've produced. Uh we just unconsciously, unconsciously push it away until it whacks us over the head with illness or we just can't do it another day. We just lose it and walk away or whatever. Um And that's mostly because we're not taught to tend and know and move from a balanced yin and yang. And so when yin calls, it's often scary. It's often... um as I said, um, amplified by, uh, the debt that's been built. And so it's sickness or it's incapacity or it's just fed upness or a relationship's gotten so, so, so horrible. We just can't stand another moment. You know, we, we wait until that, that place where we cannot ignore nature. And that's the beauty of nature. The beauty of the organic is that, um, there is limitation. Um, and, and it does imbalance does have results for example now we're seeing the result of worldwi- the worldwide neglect of yin but mostly by western cultures um, the worldwide story that we can just produce and produce and produce and young it up and young it up and have more and keep going and not rest and not care for and not um, soften into and not pause um, that Worldwide debt is coming due to pay, and and in nature, when there's a debt to pay, um, when when it's in imbalance, it's you know it's uh, it's an amplified version of the sort of micro adjustments that a being in balance would make, and so understandably, uh, we're not only afraid because we've been taught to be afraid and to equate Things like being unable or not being able to produce or whatever as negatives and bads, um, we're already afraid in you know in small and large ways of those micro movements. But when it turns into a debt, we become very afraid because there's a sense that there's a force outside of myself that is asserting itself on me and my life, on me and my will, on me and my forward direction, my forward movement. Um, and so I, I think one of the biggest things that, that people have to dance with when um, they're called into the dark, and usually called into the dark um, involuntarily, uh, they ha- we have to dance with fear.
0: yeah the unknown so i wonder when you were speaking about the yin is unrecognizable and the search you were doing online for nature and diagrams that didn't include the yin aspect of creation if because we're so tuned in to the physical senses and we've really lost touch with our subtle senses and intuitive capacity we're really leaning into more logic and less intuition as we navigate this world that we've created that is yang dominant you see a correlation to why the yin is so invisible is because we're not tracking ourselves um through these subtle uh, dimensions of awareness, and therefore the yin aspect becomes invisible because we're not tuning into the language of yin through the subtle sensitivities, well, and we're only...
1: Yeah, yeah totally. But I, I'm uh, it, it's also not so subtle, <laughs> um, like the need to rest. It, it's What's funny is it only becomes subtle uh, because... All yang and no yin is also reflected in um, disembodiedness. And so um, when one is disembodied, uh, there's a whole lot of capacities that aren't online, that are online when, and by disembodied I mean our consciousness, our awareness is generally nowhere near our bodies unless our bodies are either crying out in a lot of pain or in a lot of pleasure. And we'll only go there um, long enough to fix whatever it is and keep on going with our disembodied mind-will way of moving through the world conceptually. So um, for a being who is embodied, in other words, whose consciousness is including the felt experience of embodiment, Uh, These things are not subtle at all. They're uh, very loud when the body, um, you know, I can remember my daughter when she was little and someone would come toward her with an energy that she didn't like. You know, you could see her looking like she was about to be hit by a Mack truck and just running behind my body, you know, was like, so it's only subtle. And, of course, there are even finer subtler um, capacities. But basic, it's sort of like the basic yin capacities of the body um, are only subtle because we have uh, abandoned abiding there.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And so the process of being called into yin is the realignment with the way our bodies communicate and to form a relationship to the body language of sensation and respond to that as we integrate the yin with the yang instead of overriding that by being hijacked by the the pull, up, as you would say, up and out. Yeah, but to let the um, the yin inform the yang, and vice versa, in a fluid dance of integration. And so, would you say that the dark night, the being thrust into an experience like that is the necessity to reintegrate these two energies in a balanced, conscious way.
1: Well, it's tricky because the dark night is a very specific spiritual passage that actually is quite rare. Our experiences of going through the dark um, and having some level of rebirth is super common So I want to be sure to not use the dark night of the soul term that St. John of the Cross came up with to apply to generic human transformational darkness because there's there's a distinction between those. So I would say that any time that an imbalance has gotten really out of hand um, it's going to need some kind of a large readjustment to come back to health, and um, that's just speaking in nature's terms. You know, it's like um, I'm trying to think of an example right now. I'm just I'm just imagining water being held back in a dam, held back, held back, held back, held back, and then it bursts through the dam, and then there's flooding. You know. Um, rather than allowing the water to flow, and then the flow of the water doesn't feel violent at all. It's just this, you know, gentle kind of balanced thing. Um, I think because our the structures of our egos, the structures of our coping mechanisms and all um, have been built Around avoiding yin, avoiding the messages of softening and sinking, um, as I said, we're a little crispy, we're a little rigid, we're a little reactive. <laughs> and to for that for that to rebalance, I mean, some of us, um, if we haven't hit a big wall, we can, and depending upon the level of transformation in the being, um, we can turn toward yin in, um, in kind of um, practical, simple ways that allow us to sort of correct our course slowly. Um, but depending upon how um, outmoded, how far from reality our coping structure is, you know, our, our, our egos are, are formed around our early experiences and, and they can be quite rigid and quite complex and quite out of touch with the present moment. And so in, in that case, for a true transformation to happen, all of that, um, has to be, uh, somewhat composted and, uh, for fresh growth to, to occur um, and that composting is generally experienced as dark because it's basically allowing um, or being forced to allow um, structures we've built uh, from young that feel like they are ensuring our survival allowing those to be um, um, challenged and put aside and uh emotional, the undigested emotional material that um, underlies them to be met. And that's what most people call darkness, is the rising of emotion that um, mm-hmm. was not digested early on, so it's grown um, big and scary <laughs> in our mm-hmm. psyches. Not really big and scary, but it feels big and scary. mm mm-hmm.
0: I'd love to share something that had uh, occurred to me, and it was validated in the last talk that you did that I attended um It was recently I came to the realization that um every time I would be pulled into um the dark and really be called out of um being a somebody and having a role and any ways I could trap myself in, a, in an identity um kept getting undone and being I'd pulled into just what you said, feelings of, that were undigested and I was uh, at some level just waiting for it to be over, when is this going to be over when When am I going to be done with this you're right, like I want to be on the other side of this already, very Yang oriented in that um, and it finally dawned on me that if I just stop trying to be out of it and be with it um, I realized that this this is really my true nature and the yin energy um, and then You said something on the last call about when you've gone through a process and been in the dark, you basically represent the dark. And so um, people that you encounter will often um, project onto you their own dark that they don't want to feel or uh, digest. And it really made a lot of sense to me about how I've experienced moving out of of this kind of process into sharing my experiences that um, it can trigger and um, threaten people to talk about this. I I wonder if you would say more about that experience of um, kind of representing the dark and um, how that shows up in the world. I know you've had experiences of being projected upon and... um, if you'd be willing to share, that would be really helpful, I think, for listeners.
1: Yeah. Um, so we're, um do I say? Um, uh See, right now I'm doing it. <laughs> so um, when one has made friends with the in and made friends with the unknown, which we could call the dark, made friends with basically something very simple and very unscary called simply resting and being as nobody, as nothing, going nowhere. So... The direct experience of resting in that is so benevolent and so sweet and so yummy, however um, it's just tricky to try to um whoops um. um
0: Take as much time as you need, can I <laughs> yes, please this, it's, okay, it's exactly what we're trying to demonstrate,
1: so please, yeah, so uh, the there is a vacuum in a being who is not carrying around a lot of fear and a lot of sorrow and a lot of things that they're defending against and all of the ways that we defend against those things are absent in a being who is unafraid and has basically met what's in them that we would call dark. Um, and so that vacuum when it, um, when it comes, um, in contact with another being, um, at an energetic level, it brings that person into contact with contents of their psyche that are sitting in that otherwise benevolent vacuum. <laughs> so if you can imagine, it's it's very hard. It's part of it is um, almost like um, it's like the physics of the psyche in a way, uh, and so the person isn't conscious of these contents um, and is activated by this energetic invitation into that emptiness. And in the energetic invitation into that emptiness, what lives in what should be empty but is full of scare and fear and grief gets touched. And the person – actually perceives that you are doing it to them. Mhm. Mhm. If that makes sense.
0: It does here. I found it. I um, when I was listening to your talk. I texted myself this message of what you said. I want to read it to you and um, these are your words, by the way. A voice that speaks to the shadow living from the dark, now as living embodiment of what our culture is terrified of and aggresses towards,
1: bringing but them it, into it, their own shadow. Yes, but it it it's not like we're walking around looking like scary monsters. We're walking oh, around no. looking like extra open, extra chill, extra comfortable yeah. in the gap kinds of beings. Um but that touches where their, where their stuff vulnerability. Lives, is right? yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, calling them into
1: vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just calling them into areas in their own psyches that they aren't friends with, and it can really, I mean. There's been a lot of movies, um, you know, from the movies about the Salem Witch Trials to different movies where Billy Budd, um, movies where some innocent one is um, projected on by the community and sometimes results in their death. And this is Mm -hmm. a really common thing that, um, (laughs) that has happened throughout time is that um, you know, it's the story of Jesus Christ, it's the story of uh, the witches in um, Europe, it's the story of um, people of color in indigenous tribes. When the Yang-based cultures get there and see the yin embodiment, um, what, what rises is in them is a violence toward it because their own yin aspects were violence.
0: their own yin aspects were violent
1: yeah in other words um, you know let's take men and let's just talk Mm -hmm. about men and how long a boy is allowed in this culture um, even if he escapes his family with it to be in touch with softness, connectedness, Mm -hmm. vulnerability, need, um, the admitting that one doesn't have the capacity for something, the admitting that you don't know. In other words, any kind of embodiment of gap, of space, of tenderness, of openness, that is yin, um, basically boys get physically um, hammered for that stuff. And we also... When we're young and we're open, let's say um we're we're just a little girl and we're running around so dear and cute and surrendered to our little bodies. everybody wants to pat our butts, everybody wants to tickle our bodies when they see us open and surrendered, they want to poke us there's a there's a poking there's a there's also a subtle thing that happens, not so subtle if you're residing in yen where if someone moves toward grief or not knowing, all the people around them will aggressively try to fix them to get them back Mm -hmm. on track. Um, So the the move is actually quite violent, um, but it has subtle forms and actual physically violent forms. But it's all discouraging us from resting open, resting surrendered, resting vulnerable, resting not knowing, resting weak, incapacitated. Most of the words we can use and say this to describe yin are actually words that are equivalent to bad in our culture. And and those energies are not. They're human.
0: Yes, exactly. Like something as um, common as prescribing an antidepressant so quickly.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: To take somebody out of the process of actually feeling
1: what's there to be felt which is a which is a yin process to to descend into and meet is a it's a rotting process it's a digestion process it's a yin process
0: yeah Mm -hmm. well this has been really rich i'm realizing i I wanted to share this with all the listeners. You and I talked about this briefly before, and um, our listeners haven't had a chance to hear the intention of the three-part series um, is about the hero or heroine's journey, and really it comes from Joseph Campbell's work, and um, I wanted to read something based on that, that speaks to this three part series, and how we're um defining the phases of this hero or heroine's journey um, so in joseph campbell's work, uh hero with a thousand Faces, he describes an individuation process, and it starts um by responding to a call to adventure and not not everybody's experience begins by um answering a call to adventure it could be just like we talked about um an illness a physical illness that takes you from the known into the unknown it could be a divorce or um many different ways that uh, <laughs> well, life <yeah>. changes <laughs>
1: yeah. we have to say that the adventure is the masculine version of the of the hero's journey so <laughs> The hero's the big strong dude who's vanquished everything and goes to vanquish some more, you know. And uh-huh. <laughs> the the adventure up um, Mount Everest is an upward adventure. The adventure down to the bottom of the underworld is a different story, and one wouldn't really send a travel postcard. And yet, it is as adventurous in a way. Um, it's just. Uh, It's more of uh, Persephone being um, kidnapped by um, Hades. So it's not that women or yin is like less than yang. You know, like the yang guy gets to sally forth (laughs) in his adventure, and the the poor yin girl is just picking posies and gets kidnapped by this big force, right? it's not even getting at women and men, it's getting at the receptive quality of yin and the active quality of yang. Women and men equally have yin and yang, active and receptive. Um, but we have to sort of, if we're going to talk about the heroine's journey, we, we have to um, sort of uh, recalibrate it to yin. Um, Because, yes, it is the adventure of all time to lose and move away from everything that you've ever known and assumed in order to be dissolved in the unknown, walking in darkness. Um, You know, it's the ultimate adventure, but it's not yippee, let's get happy meals kind of adventure.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And there is a whole version of the heroine's journey mapped out by uh Maureen Murdoch in a book that um our group has been following in the heroine's journey and it it's very different than the hero's journey and one of the first stages is separation from the feminine because we've had to adopt to a, a masculine patriarchal society. Um so there is a quote here, let's see if I can find it, um that really speaks to um, I think leaving the known and it has to do with um leaving the original programming of the parents and it can be one of the hardest things to do but this is a quote by Linda Sussman and she says the most conscientious way to honor one's father and mother is to leave them, to accept and understand with gratitude what has come through them and to take those motifs to their next level of expression. So I feel like a lot of what happens in that um, where you say the form has gotten to a place and it's outgrown its uh, structures, so to speak, and those have to die for a new structure to emerge, and and those structures that are dying happen to be things that have been adopted from other people's projections and agendas and ideas of uh, who we are based on their idea of who we are and to let go of these concepts that have been in our environment the whole time we were um, maturing and growing up is a big deal and it takes going into and digesting all these energies that have been um, reinforced by patterns and patterns and patterns of those relationships. Uh, wound and wound like a wound and this sacred wound that has to be addressed as we go into the underworld if you will and um, be digested and die to the become the fertile soil of the next level of what's emerging to be known and expressed through this integration process so in terms of that quote do you have anything to say about or anything else you'd like to say about you've witnessed so many people um in this journey and what has really brought them from the known into the unknown what what's triggered people's experience to um find themselves seeking out somebody like you who's been through this process and and hold space for and support, um, allowing what's unfolding without trying to fix, change, or heal it, because you see that it isn't a problem to begin with, but that you're there to hold space for and allow and nurture the process. And anything you want to say about that, Jeannie?
1: About I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing the kernel of it. Can you can you just? Um,
0: yeah, that was a lot. So uh, because this first talk is more about leaving the known and going into the unknown, for people listening and they're wondering if they are yeah. in a process like this, like can you give examples of based on what you've seen and all the people that you support in this things that happen in people's lives, like illness or divorce or what is it that um takes people from the known into that unknown that is that first sort of um, clue that there is a process taking place that is invoked by nature, not themselves. Well, um,
1: I feel like most people, (laughs) most people in our culture right now, well, it's it's funny, it's like, um, you know, the indigo girls have, have this song where one of the lines is, I sailed my ship of safety till I sank it, I'm crawling on your shore. So mm-hmm. there are some of us who have been seeking and searching all our lives, that who have felt that the... And then there are some of us who wake up at some time in our life, our midlife or whatever, um, you know, some of us from the beginning were like, I'm not sure that what's on the cultural menu is the whole story, you know. And, and we may have, you know, listened to Cat Stevens or, you know, we may have listened to the Indigo Girls or we may have read Siddhartha or, you know, we're just like and – it, and it was maybe a part-time sort of interest – um, what's deeper and, and, and we would get fed, let's say, by uh, things that we didn't really understand with our head that were sort of off our path and were more spiritual things. We'd wander into a meditation hall or or we'd have an experience in nature, those kind of things. And so a lot of people have a nice, slow, um, not super um, extreme movement of evolution toward things that are deeper and at difficult times in our lives we turn toward it more um and there are beings whose lives in a way have been a defense against every attempt that nature made to it's sort of like as soon as you know there uh there are these adobe churches in um new mexico and in the spring um I think, I'm pretty sure it's in the spring. They, they make new adobe and they adobe where it's cracked. So we are kind of set up in a way unconsciously um, to sort of re-adobe our egoic structures so that when potentially transformative things happen, um, there are a number of us who just keep sort of clinging to the known, clinging to the known, and doubling down harder on clinging to the known and are able to withstand that our, you know, our whole lives. And then um, some people have been sort of courting the unknown since young, just like I've got to know and and putting themselves into adventurous circumstances or new things or whatever. Um, But the classic sort of uh uh-oh, you know, life isn't all that it seemed cracked up to be divorce, loss, um, a feeling that your life is crispy and uh it could be a small to large feeling that things don't have meaning or they um there's there's something that you know uh the talking heads this is not my beautiful house this is not my beautiful wife that feeling of I'm inside of my life but it's really not quite doing it um that is a that's a call into the unknown um and, you know, sometimes a breakup, sometimes um, with somebody um, can, it's like wherever we've really invested our hearts, invested our our, our sort of cathecting ability, you know, that um, uh, um, to to bond with something, whatever we've bonded with, when something we've bonded with goes, Um, It can shake our whole tree, whatever the thing we bonded with. It could even be a way of living, Um, a place we've lived, a house we've lived in, a a good friend we've had, uh, an assumption we've had about ourselves. You know, any shaking of the tree can um, potentially open us to one of these journeys into the unknown. And and the the trick is to not be in a hurry to fix it um, and to just uh let yourself feel some of what rises um and to start to find uh you know some people find therapists and there there are therapists who are helping people patch their egos and there are therapists who are really more like midwives hel- helping people to really disassemble some aspect of themselves they don't need any longer in order to be a bit more luminous a bit more in their fresh aliveness than in some kind of structure um, and so paying attention at those times to the things that call, the things that resonate, the things that are alive and feel juicy um, is a really good idea because we don't just need the breakdown, so to speak, the the deconstruction, the digestion of our structures. We also need a structure enough, a holding structure enough, inspiration enough, a context that allows us to feel as safe as we can feel when we turn toward that kind of change. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I hope I answered your question. Yes, I agree. No, yeah, that's really good. And one of the things I've heard you say, and I totally agree, is that we need more of those kind of structures in our world to help people and support them through being present with what is um, calling them into the unknown rather than... Trying to fix them to get them back on track to um, normal uh, or what what is perceived as normal. I know that um, in my own world and experience of kind of waiting to for this process to be over, so I could get back to being a somebody and having a role and um, back to normal. I finally um, acquiesced to. Surrendering to the fact that 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 time or that way was over. It's not, you know, there's not there's not a going back to that. There's a a resting in the unknown and waiting for what is emerging next to um, reveal itself. And that was a a big um, sigh. Of relief to allow that um, and to
1: accept that. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And I think, um, you know, for all of us going into the dark, there's going to be feelings that we don't want to feel. Feeling, feelings of being nobody. Feelings of falling off the track. Feelings of not being able to keep up the work that makes us recognizable or likable or whatever. that. That is just a sign um, that some part of the egoic structure has taken a hit. And um, it's just really good to expand our capacity to simply be in a felt way with some of those feelings without believing the messages in the head that come with them. That's the trickiest part of the dark. Those are the harpies. And that's the trick is to trust the ground and the feel and to not listen to the voices as best one can.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that was a big the big takeaway for me when I took your Dark Night of the Soul series was the realization that um the experience itself was um, wasn't as overwhelming as the story I was telling myself about the experience. That was what was yeah. um unmanageable, was believing in the story. But the experience in the now, in the present, was, it was intense, but it wasn't overwhelming. But the story I was attaching to it was unbearable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much again. This has been just lovely and so... um, nourishing I hope so I hope for everybody listening that you felt as um, supported by these words as I have and that um, you'll tune in to the next part and we'll be talking more about the experience of being in the dark and um, whatever wants to be revealed in that space and and Jeannie thank you so much again and um, is there any last uh, pieces of wisdom you want to drop
1: in as we close? I don't think so. I think this has been juicy and meaty, and I'm looking forward to <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> okay,
0: yummy. Okay, well, yeah, thank you again, thank you, and uh, until next time, bye bye everyone. Yay.
1: Take care.
0: <laughs> bye. Thank you. Bye, Jeannie.
1: Bye bye.